Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success it's a no-brainer think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity share your story and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business people like ian payton who's taken the course launched their own podcast and already in the top 10 percent of podcasts worldwide and you could be next the seven million bikes podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A.A. Ron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hour's worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orbs Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy, unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to you that's a-w-d-l-y funny productions hey everyone it's me again if you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way go ahead and subscribe to my patreon in addition to listening to this show without the ads you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well doesn't cost that much you can get plans for as low as one dollar a month you can show the love and your support just go to patreon.com slash tom myers spelled m-y-e-r-s and subscribe and listen and enjoy today again that's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. As the transition to a Biden administration is postponed and efforts are made to deny the election results, it's apparent that Donald Trump believes he has served up his vision of this country to Americans like he's serving up a big bowl of mashed potatoes. And all the Biden voters, 79 million Americans, have put their dicks in it. I would imagine Donald Trump is furious at his campaign advisors for losing this election, at which point his campaign advisors will tell him, But Donald, we didn't want you to panic. We just like playing it down. We always played it down. There is hope for Trump's chances of victory. If you count only the votes in states where someone has threatened to throw a tall boy bar table at my head while I was on stage, then Donald Trump wins the Electoral College unanimously. Uh It looks like Trump will retire like most aging white New Yorkers, move to Florida, play golf, and bitch about non-whites, the ones who don't change his linens. (laughs) 
The Republican Party is so far gone from its days when it could call itself the party of Lincoln. The only way they could accurately use the term four score and seven years ago is when they answer the question, when was the last time anyone in your family shook hands with a black person? Joe Biden won Georgia and now gets an additional 16 electoral votes. It's comforting that Charlie Daniels is not around, so we don't get the lyrics. Joe Biden went down to Georgia. He was looking for a vote to steal. <laughs> Amy Coney Barrett has already heard a few cases as a Supreme Court justice. Now is her biggest challenge. It wasn't her confirmation. It's now that she's on the court and she has to stop Brett Kavanaugh from trying to fuck her. Ooh. Ooh. Supposedly, there is a group of pro-Trump truck drivers who are planning to go on strike. Good. No trucks splashing water, mud, and other debris on my vehicle, and, as a bonus, no truck stop waitresses being groped or sexually assaulted. In Baltimore, a smell emanating from a clothing donation bin was revealed to be a dead body. It's nice to see my fellow Marylanders give us a preview of our return to post-COVID normalcy. <laughs> and now, on with the show. Please welcome our panelists, Jeff Heisen and Abby Mello. Hi, nice to be here. Hello. Abby, missed you last week. Yeah, glad to be back. I know you talked about taking Xanax to deal with the election, and <laughs> being from Baltimore, we just thought you overdosed on it. <laughs> hey, it is prescribed to me for insomnia. Yeah, no, it's, it hasn't, I, you know, and, I, and I, I would be lying if I said that, that anxiety is at 4 a.m. I don't know, what's your 4 a.m. like, everybody else? Because mine is either like, you know, remember that girl that bullied you in junior high? Or it's like, hey, you forgot to put the laundry in the dryer. And I'm like, oh, that, thank you. That's helpful. Um, it's never, I don't know. It's 4 a.m. in my brain is a, a strange time. My 4 a.m. is sending a tweet and then thinking this will probably get me suspended for a few days, but fuck it. Wow. Wow. You're active in the morning. <laughs> I'm just in my own brain trying yeah. to fall back asleep. You're both young. I'm over 60. My, my 4 a.m. Is, uh, is a trip to the bathroom. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say this when you actually get up. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure most comics 4 a.m.'s trip to the bathroom are, are just as exciting, if not more so. Some might even involve an ambulance. That's right. Jeff, what have you been up to this week? Trying to avoid keeping up with uh, Trump's tantrums and his whining and his uh, frivolous lawsuits, because doing that, uh, paying attention to that gives them credence. And we should be looking forward to the promise of the new administration on, at noon on January 20th and uh, the a new cabinet and not his golfing and uh, his refusing to leave office. So I'm trying to avoid uh, thinking about that. I mean, it's frightening, you know, the fact that you know, Donald Trump is firing everybody. So he's putting all these active heads in charge of the government. And they're only going to be there for, you know, two months or so. The last thing you want to hear if there's some major crisis, you know, you hear the agency head go, well, I don't know how to fix this. I'm a temp. Yeah. I'm just doing this because COVID shut down all my band's gigs, man. <laughs> anyway, please join me in welcoming our guest, Shireen Kassam. Yay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Welcome to the show, Shireen. Thank you. How's uh, your observations of this election been? You know, it's uh, it's been different because I, I didn't realize how many racists lived in my neighborhood <laughs> until this election happened. I mean, when they put the signs out, I was like, oh, but then when they started putting the flags out, I was like, okay, we shouldn't go for a walk anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing all the flags, you know, you would have, because I remember like the same, you know, neighbors I have, like they would complain about 
people you know driving with uh, driving down the street with rap music blaring from their stereos at mm-hmm. 10 11 o'clock at night they're now flying flags that say no more bullshit and yes. fuck your feelings like that <laughs> somehow like that somehow doesn't violate the neighborhood association yeah the hoas i said the same thing well it's funny because my neighbor has the no more bullshit science so my dad was like oh well you're safe you have a you have a Democrat next door, so nobody's going to harm you. And I was like, Dad, you're not understanding the sign. <laughs> How far are you? You say you're in Orlando. How far are you from the tourists? Um, about, well, about 10 minutes. Do they drive by this, or is that a different uh, part of the city? Um, they don't drive by this, but when the election was happening like that weekend on all the major street corners, especially the tourist street corners, there were Trump supporters with their flags and their bullhorns screaming, it was funny, they were screaming blacks for Trump, but there was no black people on the street corner. <laughs> but they had signs that said blacks for Trumps and Latinos for Trumps. They just couldn't find those people. Hero was, was the number. <laughs> but they do exist. I mean, they're there. But yeah, it's it's been interesting, the election. The just the whole idea of I mean, I came my parents came here from Africa. My parents came um, in the 70s when Idi Amin, the dictator, was in Uganda and made all these made all the Asian people flee in, in within 24 hours. And we flew, we came to America, and now it's funny because you we came here for democracy, and now we're having like the same issue here, right? It's like violence and people protesting, and it's it's out of control. And you're just thinking, why did we come here? <laughs> and you're and you're in Florida, so the big difference mm-hmm. is you guys make the bang bus videos. <laughs> But your governor is uh, is Ron DeSantis, right? Yes, he's so far yeah. up Trump's asshole. I've never seen him before. <laughs> well, when I think of Ron DeSantis, it's like you know, have you ever done the thing where you take a marshmallow peep and you put it in the microwave and watch him blow up? <laughs> yep. See, Ron DeSantis to me looks like you take the peep, you put it in the microwave, and then you just leave the microwave on <laughs> while you go off and run an errand. Yeah, pretty much. I That's mean, why, why he doesn't believe that COVID exists, <laughs> and why you know your states. The leaders are pretty much the personification of every single Florida man headline. Mm-hmm. They thought, yep. okay, we'll be in charge of not doing anything about this health scourge. But didn't he tell uh, the uh, order the schools to open? Yes. He ordered them to open, uh, removing uh, any local authority over schools. And I think he told the uh, health uh, official not to count, not to count COVID. Is something like that? Do I have have that right? I'm not sure about the second one, but he definitely asked to open schools. Um, and we he moved us into phase three real quick. Like he he mandated we don't have to wear masks anymore. But I'm not sure. But he probably said not to count either. I wouldn't be surprised. No, because they did they did interview someone. It was some state official who was fired. Oh yes, he was right. still using the data that she was getting. You're right. To go ahead and keep on the on the COVID statistics. Yeah. And you'd think he'd want the, he's, he's more uh, taking care of Trump than he's thinking about all the people who won't go to Florida because they're afraid of COVID mm-hmm. based on the lack of uh, restrictions. No, he knows that there's, you know, however many million people in this country that are absolutely going to go to Florida knowing that they can run around maskless and do whatever they want because they don't believe in it. Plus, Trump is one of DeSantis's voters now. I mean, like that's true. I mean, Florida talk about talk about the biggest pain in the ass constituent ever. <laughs> <laughs>
But yeah, if you came to Florida, you wouldn't even know COVID. We had COVID here. The restaurants are packed. The bars are packed. Um, uh-huh. People people don't wear their masks. There's no there's no like nobody. Not even from the beginning, there was no enforcement on a mask. So like I know in some cities, you guys had like security guards saying you can't come in without a mask. We don't have that here. You make, you make me feel very good about my decision, Shireen. We, uh, my brother and I inherited a house in Boynton Beach and we fled in mid-March when this hits and we would have been back a few times by now. And I love going for spring training, but I have no intention, neither does my brother, of going back to Florida because of what you're saying. So we sold the house. So you're making me feel very good about this. (laughs) Anyway, this will be the last show that's sponsored by the Florida Board of Tourism. (laughs) So while I go off and look for more sponsors, we'll go ahead and move on. (laughs) There's no chance that Donald Trump will ever admit defeat in the 2020 election. In fact, he's so desperate, he wants every voter in the country to write him a letter letting him know how they voted. There's no word on whether he wants it delivered through Louis DeJoy's United States Postal Service or Carrier Pigeon, the latter of which would likely be quicker thanks to Louis DeJoy. In fact, an improvement in the Postal Service would be appointing Newman from Seinfeld as Postmaster General. I would send Trump something letting him know how I voted, but the Secret Service would stop me before I lit the bag of dog shit on the North Portico. Here is Trump redressing his grievance via phone that the hate fuck of information networks, Fox, airs rallies where his domestic arch nemesis and predecessor, Barack Obama, is addressing the crowd. And some have said that Barack Obama's come out to be the bad cop, to go after you. One of the things he said last night was he's going around spreading COVID uh, like he's a carrier because he cares more about having these big crowds than he does keeping people safe. Do you want to respond to the former president? Well, fortunately, he's drawing flies. He's not getting anybody to go listen to him too much. Actually, Fox puts him on more than anybody else, which is sort of shocking to me because Fox has changed a lot. And somebody said, what's the biggest difference between this and four years ago? And I say, Fox, it's much different. Uh, you still have great people. But you're, you're three of them. But, but you know, Mr. But, President, can uh, I just say one thing? With, with what they try to do, what they try to do with Fox. In terms of But politics. we just want to show Excuse both. Unlike the other networks, they were trying to show both sides. So, hey, here's President Trump live. Here's Joe Biden live. Because we, we feel it's responsibility to sell. We report. They decide. Yeah. Right. So it, I don't think it's uh, an endorsement of anybody. That right there is the proverbial hostages preventing the hostage taker from executing them. Uh, can you imagine uh, the, the horror of those three when he they, they set him up with a softball question say something bad about barack obama that's basically what the what the question uh, was was leading to and he couldn't even do that and he attacks attacks uh uh them attacks their network yeah i've never i've, I've never watched fox news that was the first time i've actually seen fox news is it common for them to interview the president like that do news channels have the president on where they allow him to uh rant he, and rave he probably calls in every morning <laughs> just on just Fox. So just Fox. Okay. <laughs> on news channels, no. What surprised okay. me, I don't know if it surprised you, Abby, was that they were sitting fairly apart and they usually sit on a couch. And I had I avoid uh, that channel also, but I didn't realize that they were almost social distancing. 
Yeah, I've never seen it before. Uh, what didn't surprise me was that every man in the room was talking over the one woman. <laughs> <laughs> Including President Trump. <laughs> yeah. Well. Meaning he was the, he was, they were talking over him too. <laughs> and they're, they're afraid that he's going to start his own network. Parlor, parlor squared or something. <laughs> <laughs> of course, what Trump supporters lack in consistency of thought, they make up for in overconfidence as we can see from these two groups of Trump supporters asking two different things in two different states. There's nothing like that divide between conservatives who don't want every vote to be counted and conservatives who want every vote to be counted. <laughs> I think it's very reminiscent. Of, I mean, I'm, actually, they're all very good at math, right? It's, it's, it's Trump math. It's if you keep testing, you will find more cases. And so it's very much the same, the same sort of thing, right? If you keep, you keep counting, you'll find more Biden votes. But if you stop counting, you won't find more Biden votes. I love that. Great analogy. Very good. Not one to be denied a voice by those they deem the fake news media, these Trump supporters provide an introspective and emotional view, as we can see in this video. What is it that brings you out here tonight, ma'am? Um, <laughs> I just believe in America, and I think Trump is the president, so. I think he's the greatest president we've ever had. I'm, just, I'm too emotional. But I'm really thankful that I've been invited here, so. Tell me what, what makes you emotional about the president? What he's done for the country, all his policy changes, what he's done for black and brown Americans, and um, what he's done for Hispanic people. And this, uh, I'm trying to think. Um, and you know, we have Colombians, we have Venezuelans, we have Cubans that have come here from their socialist country now live in Florida and they're for Trump. We have all these states that are open and some of these states that are not open, I don't understand why. The COVID figures they're projecting right now, in my opinion, are a hoax. They're not as high as they are. The media is being false and our father who art in heaven is very angry with the media. He's very angry with Biden and Camilla Harris. They're going to hell and they're gonna to have to ask forgiveness for that. If they don't, they're going to hell. I've asked the Holy Spirit, I've asked the angels to take him, have Satan give him a tour of hell, and I'm hoping it happens soon. I think we're already there, judging by that guy. How much worse could that guy be feeling? Like, what was that? I mean, what? I found myself agreeing with something he said, though. He said that he gets very emotional thinking about what Trump, all that Trump has done for the country and for black and brown Americans and for Latino Americans. I get very emotional about that also. Agreed. Yeah. In the opposite direction. Right. Yes. Shireen, you have got to have some thoughts on this Florida <laughs> man. I, well, there was two things that were really bugging me. One, his voice did not match his face. Like that is not what a crackhead sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> that is all that I could keep thinking about. I was like, that is not the guy's voice. <laughs> And then the second piece was like, I was like, oh my God, Tom, stop playing this because I could see myself like listening to this and start like, I sometimes, I get scared, like how these people get brainwashed. Like how much do you have to listen to this to actually fall into that brainwashed category? 
Like that scares me. I was just like, oh my God, if I keep listening to him, I might actually agree with something he says. I actually found it soothing. You know, there was the <laughs> piano music in the background and that piano music actually helped to cover up the fact that, you know, he sounded like a dick. No, he did. But then I was like nervous. I was like, oh my God, if he keeps going, I might just have, to, I might get brainwashed. Like the music was like that, that hypnosis, like you will believe, you will believe brown and people he, are bad. And I'd be like, oh my God, I'm a bad person. <laughs> and I know this is an audio podcast, but Tom showed us uh, the video and he was wearing a mask despite the fact that COVID's <laughs> overrated, except he wasn't wearing it over his face. He was wearing it on his neck and his chin. If the only mask yep. that you had was a Trump mask, would you wear it correctly? No, you'd want to <laughs> just kind of keep it off to the side. Maybe wear it as an ascot, you know. Did anybody else just feel like that was a, a real roller coaster of emotions? Like, I'm all for a sensitive man. I appreciate that he is willing to get, you know, very uh, open on camera, but that was just an up and down. I mean, that was all over the place. I thought he was going to cry for a while. And then he got real hopeful. Then he started talking about Jesus. Then he got vengeful. Like it was all stages of like grief in a one minute clip. Abby, you just gave him a line for his par his parlor profile <laughs> called a sensitive man by a liberal. <laughs> That's a badge, right? That's a badge of honor. Right. <laughs> hey, a liberal once called me sensitive. So... <laughs> This can't be a microaggression. <laughs> <laughs> it's understandable that Trump supporters want to stop the counting of ballots in certain cities. It's likely they're not accustomed to big numbers as they don't have that many toes to count. Here's some of his troglodytes taking to the streets in Pennsylvania to express their dismay at the election results. It's legal for them to count votes in Pennsylvania two days after the election on November 3rd? Yes. You're wrong. Go. I don't even want to talk to you. When we went to bed on election night, when they told us they stopped counting, we woke up and there was a vertical spike right for Biden. 130,000 votes approximately. That's when I knew there was a problem. Now, as my buddy Steve Bannon says, if you're going to lie, be believable about it. Because you do not have 138,000 votes come in and 135,000 of them come in for Biden. How do you go from almost losing 200,000 in five hours, you're down to 30,000 votes away from winning. A lot of Democrats voted in the mail. They voted absentee. They voted before uh, election day. And in a lot of states, those election day votes got counted first. That's why Trump had that early lead. And then once those other votes started getting counted, that is how Biden caught up. And, and so where are all the Trump ballots that were mailed in? Well, uh, why are we finding them laying around in different places? But Trump was telling everybody not to mail it in, right? That's why there's so much more mail-in Democratic nah, votes, no? No. It's amazing how yeah. awkward and not self-aware Trump supporters are. What, you don't believe there are people out there who, who didn't vote for Donald Trump? No. No, well, that was his answer. He was just saying no. Yeah, no. Nobody voted by mail except for Trump and his family. So I actually heard one of the conspiracies that they were taught, one of the people was talking about was this incident, the 130,000 votes. 
So they actually like dug down and found out. I, I listened to a different podcast today. I will not plug it uh, where they actually investigatively reported this. And um, it was a Trump supporting um, ballot person who accidentally just fat fingered the zero. It was like 13,000 or something. And they caught it almost immediately. So there, there, it is true that at like 4 a.m. there was this insane spike that was like more votes than even people in the county. And it was literally somebody just late night fat fingered an extra zero in and they immediately counted it or caught it. But it was a Trump voting election judge who was the one who made the mistake in favor of Biden. And what, what's amazing is, is that the last big case of, of voter fraud was in the in 2018 it was the the ninth congressional district in north carolina and it was done by the republican candidate so you know of, of course they're aware of all these tricks that could go on because you know they're the ones they're the ones trying to pull them off and also apparently none of these people have ever heard of voter suppression which is like a whole other story they're worried about the people that got to vote and they're not even talking about, you know, the decades and hundreds of years of people who didn't get to vote at all. Which is still going on now. I mean, that's probably why they don't think there are that many people who could have voted for Joe Biden, because, you know, they think you know, they're doing okay. such a good job of suppressing <laughs> all of the of the votes of right minorities. They've all they've all but admitted that they're they're basically doing that. Thank you, Stacey Abrams. That's right. Yes. And her team. Voters feeling like their voices aren't being heard is not new. In fact, in the days before Trump, various candidates took up the mantle of speaking for those who felt disenfranchised and left behind by America moving forward to a more inclusive society. One such candidate, 1968, Alabama Governor George Wallace, tapped into those sentiments during his campaign and his supporters reacted in kind, as we can see in this PBS documentary footage. They have never paid any attention to anything that the people of your state and my state did or said in the past. They ignored us and looked down their nose at us and called us everything under the sun. And I'm sick and tired of it, and I resent it because I feel that the people of our region are just as intelligent and refined and cultured as the people of any region of the United States or the entire world. And that's no reflection upon the people of any other section of our country. Why don't you young punks get out of the auditorium? And I tell you what. I may not teach you any politics if you listen, but I'll teach you some good manners. I'll teach you some good manners. I'll teach you some good manners. It was one of the few candidates that I, in my experience, that people would literally fight you over. They would, they would hit you with their fist. I mean, it was, the feelings were intense. I tell you, they ought to take them people over there and put them in a bunch of cages and ship them off now. Ship and dump them. The people that really believed in Wallace were the people that he would term as the rednecks, uh, the wool hats, the hayseed, the footlog walkers, the square dancers, the guitar pickers. They did believe that uh, somewhere out of the ranks of the poor people that uh, some person would ultimately rise and represent their thoughts, their ideas, and their wants, and their wishes. And George Wallace was the man. I mean, the year and the name of the candidate 
is different, but you know, the formula is the same. What you do is you gather, you know, a like-minded, you know, homogenous crowd, you know, validate their belief that anyone not like them, you know, is an other threatening to take away their way of life. I mean, you can see from the video, the reactions, I mean, the, the emotions, I mean, the, the fighting that was going on. I mean, it's 50 years later, what's changed? Right, it's a precursor to what we had. And these are, this is the same place, the same state with that great culture that he mentioned that, uh, that uh, just elected an ignoramus football coach as uh, the senator who didn't even know the three branches of government. I would like to thank that narrator for giving me like a dozen more synonyms for redneck. I always felt like, you know, red, I just, there's, I, it's not enough. I need other things to say. I mean, he listed at least 10. But probably because he's been called each of those. <laughs> Sad because this is not in the brochure when you come to America. <laughs> this is the part they leave off the brochure. They, they need to make special brochures for people when we're coming here, like what cities to live in and what cities to avoid because we didn't, we didn't get that. <laughs> no. You think that would be in the, in the, uh, in the uh, brochure? You, it should be. It should be in the brochure. Like Muslims should not move to these cities or these states. Black people should not move here. Hispanics should not move here. My dad uh, teaches at a school in Arkansas and they get a lot of international students from all, all kinds of places. And I can only imagine if you came here to America and you were like, Arkansas, you know, I mean, just, just like, what if that was your only experience? Yeah. And then calling your family back home to tell them like what America really is. And they're like, no, that's not what we see on CNN. Yeah, that's right. And they're like, no, there's backyard professional wrestling. It's amazing. And pig wrestling. Yeah, there, there are no Hollywood liberals here. <laughs> and cow tipping. You can wear camo at like any occasion. <laughs> and on that note, that's our show. I want to thank Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, and Shireen Kassam. Hey, thank you. Thank you. And now, my final thought. In the weeks before January 20, and in this final year of humanity, as is left on life support, we can see the effects Donald Trump has had on this country. For instance, we have seen how much of a dealmaker he can be. He's managed to combine two or three waves of a global pandemic into one major wave. How uniquely American. White House spokesperson Kayleigh McEnany said, of course Trump was going to the inauguration because, in her words, he's the one being inaugurated. I know she had COVID, but I find this a fascinating case study in the effect it can have on one's cognitive capabilities. Mm -hmm. So what does life hold for us in a post-Trump America? Well, this year's House of Representatives freshman orientation session provides a clue. It was different because of COVID. For example, Ashley Hinson, a new Republican representative from Iowa, had to do her orientation virtually because she is isolating after having tested positive for the virus. Georgia Republican Marjorie Taylor Greene, a QAnon supporter who would have failed her background check, simply at the point when the underpaid paper pusher at the local unemployment office inevitably laughed at her resume, tweeted, I proudly told my freshman class that masks are oppressive. In Georgia, we work out, shop, go to restaurants, go to work and school without masks. My body, my choice. It's a shame her parents didn't take that my body, my choice sentiment more seriously. <laughs> Missouri Democrat Cory Bush, who wore a Breonna Taylor face mask, 
was misidentified as the paramedic murdered by police in Louisville, Kentucky, by some Republican members of Congress not familiar with who Breonna Taylor was, just as they are unfamiliar with the last time their wives even bothered to touch their micropenises. In short, we're fucked. But on the bright side, we're less fucked in that, as of the first-run airing of this episode, Trump has only 61 days to flush what remains of this country down the tubes, like the remnants of all the fast food compacted in his small intestine. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, allow me to officially welcome you to our status as a third-world country. Good night. This episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Heisen and Abby Mello and guest Shireen Kassam. Theme music by Jeroen Vandenhurk. Executive producer Tom Myers. Executive producer for IPM Nation, Matt Connerton. For more information, visit tommyers.us. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Ugly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. A-A-Ron is tied up right now. Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Race. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, funny productions. Now, how do I get out of here? Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.